welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode, I am joined by the brilliant Karen Salmonson, or if you follow her on Instagram, she's at not salmon. That is how I discovered her. She shares lots of great advice, funny lines about relationships and divorce. And if you heard that little jingle there, that is my dog Custard, because I'm cuddling her whilst I'm recording this introduction in my underwear, because it's boiling hot in my house. Um, enjoy this episode. We talk about divorce, relationship breakups, which Karen has had herself, and then also advising people on their own relationships and helping people get through heartache over her years of work and many best-selling books. So enjoy this one. So I am joined by Karen Salmonson, author and entrepreneur, best-selling author and entrepreneur, I should say. Welcome to The Divorce Social. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks so much for coming on. How does it feel when I say to you, welcome to The Divorce Social? Well, I love your attitude, your energy, everything that you're sharing. So I... I definitely wanted to come on your your podcast. You're wonderful. Oh, thank you. So are you. So I followed you on Instagram for a while and I love all the messaging that you share. And that's why I wanted to get you on the podcast because you're not actually divorced yourself, are you? No, but I've had very um, 
tough breakups, you know, that feel like that. And I do help a lot of people that are going through a divorce. So, and long-term relationships that were a breakup. So it felt as if it were a divorce. So I can relate to the, I mean, I know everything's different, but, you know, some of the same um, emotions, which is what I kind of write about, the emotional feelings uh, can be similar. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what drew me to you through your social media is you're helping people get through those tough times in relationships. Where did all that start for you? How did you get into this world of helping people? Uh, Well, it goes back to when I was a, a child. I always loved, I loved psychology as a little kid and humor. And I grew up, we, we had two magazines that I used to read all the time, like at, even at age like eight, nine, ten. One was Mad Magazine. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It was a humor magazine. And the other was Psychology Today, which has been a lot around for a long time. And I'd be, I would, we would pick my dad up from the train station. I'd run in, grab a copy of Mad Magazine and a copy of Psychology Today. And I think to myself, if you took Psychology Today, Mad Magazine, put them in a blender, pressed frappe, you'd get my books because I write about psychological things with humor. And then later I was asked to be um, the bounce back columnist for Psychology Today magazine. And I was so honored because I was like, I read when I was a kid. So I write a lot about resiliency, relationships, um, happiness, depression, stress, anxiety. You know, I'm a big research geek. Um, geek reading about um, neuroscience, plasticity of the brain. You know, I read a lot of like the boring, complicated stuff. And then what I love to do is rewrite it. So it has a little bit of humor. And then I also include stylish graphics because I'm a designer as well. So a lot of my work, you know, specifically if you follow me on Instagram, you can see I love design and uh, and my books also have design and my video courses also have design. I always bring sort of an amalgam of humor research design into all that I do. I love that. I love the idea that you were younger and reading like psychology today because I was reading like Cosmo. (laughs) <laughs> like taking the quizzes. Um, so that definitely seems more uh, intellectual than what I was doing when I was younger. I was kind of like um, like one of these. I loved school. I loved reading. I'd be in my, I, like, that's the kind of, and I'm a little bit like that now. I mean, sometimes people think of me as extrovert, but I'm an introvert. I'm kind of shy. Um, and I'm very introspective and that's always followed me throughout my life. And so how did you get into sharing all of this on social media? Did it come as an extension of what you're already doing or so obviously you do very well on, on social media, you have a big following. Yes. Well, thank you. Yes. Well, my journey is even more zigzaggy than just my, my childhood. I, I went to school, I studied, um, I was a film major and philosophy minor. And then I came out, I was in advertising and I was a copywriter and a creative director, but I wasn't feeling satisfied. I wanted to use my creative talents. I joke for good, not evil. Like I wanted to (laughs) 
you know, inspire people to think in new ways versus just buy a different toothpaste. So I kept threatening to quit. And my parents kept talking me out of it saying, you're doing so well, how can you quit? And I was like, well, it's actually because I'm doing well that I can quit. If I was sucking at this, I probably wouldn't have the confidence to quit. But I figured if I can apply some of the same skill sets that I'm doing to succeed in advertising, maybe I can succeed as a writer. So um, ultimately, I quit and didn't tell them for like a month. <laughs> and uh, and then I started to write books. And um, so I wrote a bunch of books that were big bestsellers. So I started off writing books. But you see, I'm ancient. Um, so this was like back in, I no, seriously, I was born in 1960. And um, my books, my first books came out in the 90s. And then I've, you know, so I was doing well as a traditional book author. And then the whole world of social media hit. And some of my colleagues that didn't have the design background or marketing background did struggle a little bit to um, adapt, to reinvent in this world of social media. But because I had um, the background that I had, I managed to remain flourishing. So my, there are people that know me, your mom might've heard of me. Like sometimes <laughs> like my mom gave me your book, you know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. But so because I've been a best-selling author for so many years, um, some of my following is from that. Some of the following is from knowing how to reinvent for today's social media by, you know, creating the quote posters that I do and um, the quick hits of information that I do. So that's how you wound up finding me on Instagram, but I've been around for a long time. And how does your kind of psychology work and helping people then translate into your own life? So when you have something like a breakup, you're so used to helping other people through it. Do you take your own advice? Well, actually, it's because I've been through what I've been through that I decide to write what I write. Um, I hunker down, like I turn pain into purpose. So for example, after dealing with a very uh, terrible breakup with a narcissist, um, like classic, like checkbox, 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 you know, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, um, I wrote a book called Prince Harming Syndrome, which went on and that one was loved by Oprah. And Oprah asked me to be the relationship columnist because so something good came out of that. You know, I got to be an Oprah columnist and they recommended my Prince Harming Syndrome book. So it was because of what I went through that I wrote the book. And then there's something that happens when you write a book. It's become your book becomes your accountability buddy. And then you're like, okay, I wrote a book on Prince Harming Syndrome. That's not going to happen again, you know. And then also, it gets drilled. It, uh, writing a book is such um, an undertaking that it gets drilled into your brain. Like, oh, these are what you look for. You know, this is what you avoid. This is what you say. This is what you do. And then, and then also by coaching people, everything gets drilled into my brain. And um, at this point, I can like spot it. I even like to look at the news going, oh yeah, 
I could see that one coming or, or like, you know, like look at like relation, even like silly celebrity stuff. And like, I'm like, oh, classic narcissist, you know, like I can, I see the signs and I even look at new stories that way sometimes, you know? So about this relationship where you had the breakup from the narcissist, where were you in your life at that point? And, and what kind of effect did that breakup have on you? What I, I do call it the breakup that led to the breakdown that led to the breakthrough. You know, um, and I joke that, and I can curse a little as you, yes, you, you gave please me permission do. to curse, that sometimes you have to reach uh, fuck this to get to post fuck this. And post fuck this is a fabulous time for people because sometimes people don't change until they've had crisis pain. And crisis pain gets you to, to say, okay. People are afraid of going outside of their comfort zone or afraid of the unfamiliar. And so sometimes they're afraid even to break up with somebody because familiar pain is better than unfamiliar pain. But when you're like forced into it, then that's when the real work happens. You know, you're like, I never want to feel this way again. This like you're just like the post fuck this period is a really wonderful period for growth. So Prince Harming syndrome, the book, was part of my post-fuck this period. And then I dated completely different. And then that's when I met my partner who I've been with and started my family. It was like a breakthrough for me. And um, and, and so I, I know what it's like to be, you know, I have empathy for people that are going through that pain because I've definitely been there. What happened apart from writing a book, which seems like a very accomplished thing to do in your post fuck this uh, phase. In my post fuck this phase, I just fucked a lot of people um, oh, in a fun good for you. yeah, in a fun way. Um, yeah. What 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 might strategies be for people in that phase that isn't writing a book? Like, what did you do at that time that you think helped you heal and sort of move on? Well. Okay, there's a couple of things. And I actually have, um, I don't, there's so many things. I'm just trying to think what to reach for first to say out loud. Um, I made a list of, of like almost like um, gateways that people I dated would have to go through. But some of it was taking self-responsibility. And I wrote about this in an, in an article that's up on my site, which wound up going like viral, which was, um, I'm going to sum it up really quickly, that I was seeing this really wonderful therapist who was very tough love. And um, I remember when I was seeing him, I would tell these stories about my Prince Harming and I would be like, um, look what this guy did now. Look what he did here. Like story after story, like almost like almost excited each week I had a new episode, you know, and, um, and my, oh my gosh, my friend Lisa used to have this little song that she'd sing, you know, an enabler because she would reward me, but she would say like, uh, you know, Batman, she would think sing da, 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 bad man, bad man. <laughs> it's time for another episode, you know? So I would tell him like trying to entertain him. I call it enter entertainment, you know? And finally the therapist, he said to me, um, he said to me, blah, 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 blah. It, it, I couldn't hear him correctly. And he said, 
I'm trying to remember the story because thankfully it was so long ago and I wrote the article so long ago. So I'm trying to remind myself. So I said something and he repeated back to me. Oh, first he said two things. First he said, you know what your problem is, Karen? You're so smart, you're stupid. Which I love that. For, I love humor. So like, I was like, what? And he's like, you know what you know, but you keep talking yourself out of it. You're smart enough that you come up with all these different little stories. You're, you, you're so smart that you become stupid. So that stayed with me. So that was kind of a wake up that got me thinking. But then the other thing is one day I'm in there telling him one of my da-da-da-da-da bad man episodes. And he said something that sounded to me like blah, 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 blah. He's an asshole. And I, I was shocked because he was like this older gentleman, you know, like you and I could cuss it up. But I was like, what? And so I said, yes, you're right. He is an asshole. And he said to me, no, I didn't call him an asshole. I called you an asshole. And I was even more shocked. I said, I'm not the asshole. He's the asshole. He's the one doing asshole things. And then he said to me, well, you're the asshole if you stay in this relationship any longer, knowing what you know enough. You know, we have to stop talking about how messed up he is. We have to talk about your wounds, your wounds that are allowing you to stay with this man after knowing. If you stay with him any longer at this point, you have to take responsibility and you're the asshole if you stay with him. And this word asshole as naughty of a word that as that is, became my spiritual awakening. The word asshole was my spiritual awakening. And I thought, I am the asshole. Why am I staying with this guy? I'm being an asshole to myself. And I need to look at my wounds, my childhood, my programming, my self-esteem issues, my codependency issues, my fear issues, whatever they were. And really, um, Taking some accountability and self-responsibility actually helped me a lot. And then coming up with my own mindful gateways that, because I did break up with them, um, that I would have to date and see if men pass through this gateway and that gateway. And they were more having to do with core values and um and other philosophical thoughts. I had a couple gateways that would make men pass through in my mind. Like they didn't know it. You know, it wasn't like I said, congratulations, you get to move to the next phase. Come back to my bedroom. Like I wouldn't do that. Like, but in my mind, I'd be like looking for them. I'm imagining you building like flower arches or something, and then they get to go through the first flower arch, like first <laughs> through the paper of it, and then it's your bedroom. Like a TV game show, yeah. yes. No, but it was just in my mind, I had these these processes that to actually really focus more on core values was a lot of it and character traits. Um, and I, I do believe that too many women so there are a couple of thoughts on this. Okay. Can, can I keep rambling? Is that fine with you? Yes, okay. please. Um, if we were having a real conversation, I wouldn't be talking this much, but I figured <laughs> we're here. You want me to ramble, so I will. But um, so, um, so two things. I had a philosophical thought one day. I was in a restaurant and I realized that I was looking for um, a hymn, not a that. Okay. So I used to look at really like cute, funny guys. Like that was like kind of my kryptonite and, and sexy. We'll throw that in and go, yum, yum. I want him. I want yum, yum. I want him. 
And then one day I was in a restaurant and I saw this couple and I saw how they were interacting and their laughter and what I, I mean, that can be a ruse too, but, but I thought, I don't want a him. I want a that. I want that connection and feeling safe with someone and being able to talk to someone. I kept noticing that even in my own life, relationships that I saw and I looked at, it was the that that I wanted, the that, that connection and safety, safety. So I realized that one of the things that, because in my mind, um, I didn't feel safe with my, my man. He was very controlling. That was one of his things. And, um, uh, and some other things, but I'll just throw that out. And so I thought instead of wanting a checklist of things in a man, I wanted, a, a, you know, I wanted the feelings. I wanted to focus on how I was feeling because it doesn't matter if a guy is smart, funny, successful, attractive, you know, if they make you feel bad, like theoretically, Charles Manson was like a lot of women swooned over him, you know? You know who he yeah. is, right? Yes, because I'm here in the States. But, um, and he was a lot of, they, hey, women thought he was good looking and sex. He was successful in his field of serial killing. You know, I'm joking. Yeah. But, um, but just because of those things doesn't mean that you should be with them. It's how they make you feel. And the number one feeling that you should look for, even before love, is safety. It's safe to be your true self, safe to communicate, you know, during times of conflict, safe that you feel heard, you know, all of those things. So it doesn't throw your checklist of who you want them to be out because none of those things will match the cutest, smartest, funniest guy who makes you feel like crap is not your guy. Oh, I love him. Not your guy. How do you feel? How do you feel? So that was one of the things, the feeling of safety became one of my gateways. Do I feel safe to communicate? And um, John Gottman, founder of the Love Lab, he says that he can predict if a relationship will last, not by how well a couple gets along, but by how well they don't get along. That you're only as strong as your weakest link, which is how you handle conflict. And how you are during times of conflict. Um, so if your guy stonewalls you, yells at you, belittles you, you know, contempt, blah, 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 then your relationship's doomed. It doesn't matter how well you get along. How well do you not get along? So one of the things I started to look for, again, this was a character trait, was somebody who's willing to grow. Because during times of conflict where you go, I don't, this isn't making me feel this. I would prefer if you did that or, you know, whatever it is that you say, whatever your particular uh, conflict of du jour is, you know. Uh, and if the man is, or woman, even yourself, and by the way, all of these had to be, I go, same for you, same for me. Like it wasn't, I have to make my man feel safe. I have to be willing to grow. Because if in a time for conflict, they're like, lady, this is you. This is or like, I'm not going to change. This is just who I am. You know, and even if they don't say that in words, if they say that for actions, you're not going to be happy and your relationship is doomed. And same with me. So I had to be willing to grow. And I had to look at my, how am I handling this moment? You know, how am I dealing with, am I really speaking up? Because sometimes I would be afraid to speak up and that's not going to help you. You know, so there's three ways of communication. One is like not speaking up, which could either be stonewalling or just choosing not to speak up. It doesn't have to be stonewalling. Um, and the other is fighting. And fighting is still better 
and not speaking up because at least there's some communication going on there and some truth and honesty, even if it is painful, you know, it's still not ideal, but the ultimate is listening and validating and then putting in the work of repair and growth. So I had to look for a man that I sensed he was somebody that valued growing. So that was one of my gateways. These are weird gateways. These aren't on most people's lists, like makes me feel safe, must value growth. But these were some of the gateways that I started to really prioritize, which were based on character traits. It's interesting because I think you say these aren't normally on people's lists, but actually I think they're on my list since I've had like a relationship that's, you know, ended and been painful like a divorce and I think it's interesting that you said about safety because part of me when I'm in kind of I'm in a new relationship at the moment and I feel very safe but then part of me is like yeah but is that boring because should I be like kept on my toes uh with safety well then I would look at your past programming to see why you really connect that with a relationship you know, and that, you know, look, I speak from my own, you know, I had certain dynamics that I watched my parents display and, you know, and sometimes that repeats. So you have to, that's where the accountability, that's why I had to look at my wounds. I had to look at that. Like I was being the asshole to me. Like I'm telling you, that was such a story to me. And I, I had to hear that crazy word coming from this conservative, you know, older gentleman's mouth <laughs> be like, like it was such a disconnect during that session, but he had, I guess, had it with me. And maybe he was trying to communicate to me in language that I would hear, you know, maybe he had even tried to say that before because I was seeing him for a little bit, you know, but when that came out, it was the clunk, you know? So I really had to look at what did my past programming, what did I grow up thinking? Why? It's it's funny. I don't know how I'd react because I've seen a few therapists in my time. I don't know how I'd react with someone saying, you're an asshole. <laughs> I think I'd be like, how dare you and storm out and then probably go and think about it and be like, oh, and cry. He was he was a warm enough guy and a funny guy. Like even when he's, you could tell by the, you know what your problem is, Karen, you're so smart, you're stupid. Yeah. Like he was like this kind of funny guy that I didn't feel hurt by because of that. You know, he said it in a way that wasn't like, it, it felt more like um, funny when he, you're the asshole. Yeah. Like, you know. Made you think rather than made you angry. I'm telling you, if he had just said, perhaps it's because your childhood dynamics <laughs> have fired you, like, you know, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that would have been white noise. You know, I had to like be like clunk. Yeah. You know. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's the ad break. Would you like some divorce social merchandise? Oh, yeah. Give me a divorce social tote bag. Give me a divorce social sticker and mug. All right, then. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S, that's my name, and you will get access to be able to join up to our Patreon. That supports the admin costs of the podcast. It also means you have access to merchandise and a 90s-style chat room where we talk about divorce and heartbreak and overcoming it and being fierce, amazing humans. Don't forget to leave a review of the podcast as well and hit subscribe on all your your podcast platforms. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com, and we're on Instagram and Twitter at DivorcePod, and I'm at Samantha Baines. Enjoy this advert because it makes me 2p every time you listen. 2p isn't maybe the real amount. I've made that up as an approximation, but thank you anyway. And it's interesting you say about patterns, because I think a lot of us will be able to relate to that. And I definitely can in this new world of kind of dating again, post-divorce, I can easily see patterns that I'm falling into because that's what I did in my past relationship. So that's what I'm used to. How do we start noticing these patterns? And then how do we do anything about them? I I think if you're in a really troubling relationship, you're going to notice right? I mean, it's going to be unbearable. And um, so you just, I guess the main thing is to be mindful. I I definitely am a big fan of journaling, you know, um, finding quiet time. So you're not just caught in the keg, like the, uh, the cog, I don't know what the word would be, but like where, you know, you can step back and know. Journaling, I think is, is a really interesting one. And and also, I guess it's something you can do very privately. So even if you're still in that relationship that you're finding really hard, but you might not be ready to leave. And you talked about obviously uh, being told that you're an asshole in a fun way. Um, in and a fun then, way. And then I hope if you go to write this up beneath this interview, you don't write Karen Salmonson is an asshole. <laughs> no, you know, please watch how you write that. Maybe don't put that in print. It, you have to read the whole story to understand yeah. that story. It's all about you know. context with that. So, disclaimer, yes, context matters. Yeah, here. but uh, you said you, that was kind of uh, a transformative kind of statement for you. And then you did break up with that person. Uh, that yes. you called a narcissist how did you take the steps to break up with them was it just a confidence thing just I'm thinking if anyone's listening and they're in that space well I had the ticking clock of wanting a baby so that actually really helped you know um so I guess I wanted I I made the picture of what I wanted 
bigger in my mind than the comfort of staying. I got myself excited about the future that I wanted and, and got myself believing it was possible. And I think sometimes people who don't believe it's possible to find something better. Um, there's a, a song in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is king or something. It's, I think it's a Bob Dylan song. And, and so to me, what that means is um, if you believe every, like most men only have, have zero eyes. So I might as well take this one eyed man. He's king, you know? So you have to believe that there is a land with two eyed men and then you don't have to settle for the one eyed man. I it's a very roundabout metaphor, but that stayed with me for some little weird thing stayed with me. And so I, I just had to get myself believing that the, what I wanted was indeed possible because I think we can talk ourselves. This is, this is what's out there. Where this is what the the dating smorgasbord. All that's left are these guys that are the equivalent of the crusty stuff left on the tray. There's not much left in the dating smorgasbord, you know. Or men these days, this is what they do. The blah 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 blah, you know. So you have to stop telling those stories and get yourself excited and believing and positive about a better future, and kind of dangle that at you instead of the fears that are keeping you stuck. And it is interesting that you mentioned about other than kind of dating Cyclops, which <laughs> it feels like some <laughs> sort of film. I love it. Um, you mentioned that um, about you have the ticking time clock of that you wanted a baby. Um, and I can sort of relate to that because not necessarily that I want children, but in my marriage, I didn't have children. And now I am feeling this pressure of, you know, the womb and do I have to make that decision and what's going on? And do you think that can negatively affect? Yes, that comes with its own little warning sticker, um, which I also have written about. So I should mention that here now, too. I believe that sometimes we miss red flags. because we have an Achilles something, okay? So, you know, Achilles, Achilles heel, it's a weakness, it's vulnerability. So sometimes we have um, an Achilles uterus, you know, you want to have that baby so much that you don't notice because you're weakened because you want the baby. Or you have an, some women have an Achilles wallet. They're, they feel like they don't have the money. So they, they're like, well, at least if I get married, you know, this guy, blah, 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 it takes care of my money fears, or a, an Achilles wrinkles. Oh, I'm getting old. This is what I get. This is all that's, you know, this is what I have to settle for. So I would watch it and become aware of what your Achilles something is. So you don't let it um, stop you from seeing clearly. So I, I do say that, but um, so everything in life has a balance, you know, so just be awareness, shedding light of awareness on things helps you to see better. So if you're aware, okay, all right, I want the baby. That's great. But I don't want to have it with somebody who a therapist would call an asshole, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, and so now you're in um, a long-term happy relationship I presume um yes do you 
do, do you find the pressure to be the perfect partner because of all you've written about and all you um, sort of help other people with? Well, I do see my books as an accountability thing and writing about it a lot and talking about it. Like anybody who would have to write and talk about the subject would somehow or other wind up being a little bit more aware in their daily life of how they deal with things. So that does happen. But, um, you know, I'm imperfect and I have to accept that. And, but if I'm open to growing from things and ironically, I sort of found a partner who's what, um, I call a pathological truth teller. Like I thought to myself, I want somebody who's honest and real, but he, he'll sometimes blurt things that I'll be like, what? You know, <laughs> like, you know, but I'd rather have somebody that blurts it like, and, and I know his heart is in the right place and, and he does have growth, but like, I mean, just silly things. I just think to myself, oh, when you make your, like your core values list, like I want somebody who's honest and truth speaking, you know, it, it's like the pendulum swung. Like I had a haircut. This was happened many years ago and we had a babysitter and I came home and the babysitter was there with my partner and I came in and my hair was chopped. And I said, what do you think? And the babysitter who was a, a guy at the time, He's like, oh, it looks adorable, you know. And my partner says, oh, I don't like short hair at all. You look better with long. And the babysitter was shocked. And I just laughed on some level because I thought I have a pathological truth teller partner, <laughs> you know. But at least I know that we are going to talk. And he's not mean. It's just like he'll just honestly tell me. So I'm exaggerating. I'm, it's like a comedic moment. But he keeps me on my toes. He demands from me also to speak up because my problem might have been that I'm conflict averse. And so he will push me to be my best self. And I think that's the definition of a good relationship too, is where you each stretch each other. You, you want each other to be your truest selves, but you also encourage each other to grow and be your best self. And because of him, he'd be like, come on, Karen, how are you feeling? What are you thinking? What do you feel like? He'll push me. And that's been really good to get me to not be so conflict diverse and feel safe, feel safe because I didn't feel safe to speak up sometimes. That was me. That's my issue. Everybody has different issues. But I was a conflict-averse person, you know, thinking being nice, a people pleaser, like that type of person, you know, right? Yeah. I sound like your partner. I just blurt out the truth at all times, um, oh, sometimes okay. to my detriment, <laughs> oversharing. I see. I see. Um, but as you said, we all have different things. Throughout your kind of experience and all the books you've written and, and all the work you've done, are there any sort of key relationship facts or learning points that you wish everyone knew? Would it make your life easier if people knew like these three things? Well, yeah. Well, I think the things, the things I spoke about in particular about um, communication styles, uh, you know, to try to find somebody that's willing to grow and put in the repair after a conflict, you know, um, to find somebody, I, I think it's pretty, those are like the headlines. I mean, I do write about this more and I, I have even have a course, Broken Heart Recovery based on it. And I have another course, Secrets of Happy Couples. I mean, this is something that um, I've done a lot of research and work around, but I'm having trouble 
I'm just pulling out three things because it's <laughs> like, so what's your favorite movie? I'm like, uh, I, I don't, what's your favorite food? Uh, 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 you know, so I, I'm like trying to remember what my, what would float to the top of all of this. But um, I, I think those things float to the top. And that is possible to find a partner. I, I think a lot of women give up and they'd rather, sometimes after a really bad breakup, women are like, I've given up. Like, and they, and they, I've heard them say to me, there aren't any men out there that are good communicators. There aren't any men out there that have empathy. There aren't. And I say to them, you know what? You're a female chauvinist. You're basically calling men emotional bimbos. And that's not fair. There are men out there that, you know, want to be awake and aware and have a very rewarding relationship. They do exist. So I would say that I would remind women of that. And sometimes after a really bad breakup, um, I'd watch out for, okay, here's a new one that I, I talk about a lot with clients um, that um, you're always in your never that you can, from a breakup, you could have what's called pervasive thoughts. This always happens for me. I will never find a person who blah, 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 blah. And very rarely is there an always or a never. And usually what messes you up in life is you're always and you're never. And to really take some quiet time to drill down and figure out what story you're telling yourself, the stories we tell ourselves with the always and the nevers. So that might be something I would let rise to the top of the things that I write and share and, you know, try and help people with. That's so true. I think that's um, the always and the never, like that will stay with me because I've quite often been in that place of whether it's after my divorce or even after like my dad died of like, why does this always happen to me? Like, like all these dreadful things are happening to me and, you know, you definitely get in that I'm never going to find someone again. I'm never going to have, have what I had or um, there's no way I can ever have this job or this type of life. And um, I guess the wonderful thing is when you prove yourself wrong. But in those in those times, it's very hard because, as you said, you're telling yourself this story over and over again and you start to believe it. Um. What does the future look like for you then? Because I feel like you've done so much. You've, you've, you know, your courses and and the books and um and helping people, even just on social media. What what does the future look like for you? And and also what do you think the future looks like for relationships? I'm optimistic. I think that there's more. First of all, therapy isn't as scandalous to say that you're in therapy and, you know, and reading. Like when I came out with my first books, um, self-help was really embarrassing. I mean, part of the reason I started to write the types of books I wrote was I would read self-help, rip off the cover and, and read in a cafe. I didn't want anybody to know that I was reading. So I started thinking there should be self-help for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing self-help, you know? And that's how I started writing my books because that was not a genre at the time. And um, like my first book that I wrote in that genre was called How to Be Happy, Damn It. And my agent at the time did not she was like, what? Damn it. In a self-help book title. You know, she thought it was like, like really, you know, nobody will. Have, and that book became a huge bestseller. And um, 
And so I think more people are open to growth. And that means the more people that are open to growth, the better the relationships that can be. And I think more men maybe are growing up with enlightened uh, parents or parents that talk about emotions. And, you know, and, and then that means there's hope for, for not only present couples that are of the age, right age to date right now, but even like six or seven-year-old kids when they get to be the right age to date, if they're growing up in families like that, then, then that's good. That's good for the future of relationships. Nurturing growth environments. I like that. And, and what about your future? What are you, what are you going to do next? What do you do you hope to achieve next or will achieve? Well, I've been liking doing my courses a lot, uh, doing the new technology of um, video course. I was a film major. And at this point, I've written so many books. I like to constantly challenge myself and reinvent myself. So, you know, I do have the Broken Heart Recovery course, the Secrets of Happy Couples course. All of my courses are based on what I've gone through. Even my, I've developed Stronger Intuition course because I do believe that we, especially in today's busy world, we don't, you know, we are our own best guru, our own best expert, you know, and we need to get quiet more often and listen to our intuition that will help our relationship. So, you know, these courses are things that I'm really enjoying creating and, you know, finding ways to, um, you know, make it not feel like so much work to learn I mean, changes work, you know, to make it feel fun and add the humor and the crap. So like having these things to learn doesn't feel so overwhelming, you know. So that to me is what I want to still keep focusing on, things like that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Where can people um, find you in your books and your courses and your Instagram? Oh, well, thank you. Well, my name is Karen Salmonson and everybody mangles my last name and they're always going Salmonson. I'm always going, not salmon, not salmon. So um, my website is not salmon.com, N-O-T-S-A-L-M-O-N.com. And then my Instagram is not salmon, same thing, N-O-T-S-A-L-M-O-N, because that's easier for people to remember and spell than my last name, which I've given up on <laughs> expecting people to spell. So that's where you can find me and my courses, and my books and all of that. And I definitely recommend people follow you, um, especially on social media where I found you because so many of your, you share kind of text-based quotes. And as you said, you design them and so many of them resonate. And I just feel like I'm constantly sharing them on my stories oh, for other people to see. You. So it's great. Thank you so much. And, and thank thanks. you for joining me very early in the morning compared to where I am oh. in London. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> You're thank so you. welcome. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, It would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, But also it affects our listing in the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com and we have a Patreon account, which means that you can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month and it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90 style divorce and heartbreak chat room and there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines and please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.